This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to the show. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. I hope you're having a, a wonderful weekend. I hope you've had a nice week. And I hope you've been keeping well over the last couple of weeks. Um, as you might have noticed, I've, I went MIA. I... Uh, I took some some time out, um, and I want to talk to you about that today, and I want to share some of the things I've been thinking about over the last two weeks. Today's show, I'm going to ask you a lot of tough questions, um, because I don't know about you, but I'm not happy with the way things are going. Um... I'm not happy with my role. I'm not happy with this election. I'm not happy um, with a lot of things. So, I things just boiled over a couple of weeks ago where I just went, I just need some time out. I just needed a break. And I needed to do some really serious self-reflection because I wasn't happy with who I was as a person. And I want to talk to you about that today um, in the hope of sharing my story and the questions that I asked myself over the last two weeks might help one of you deal with some of the some of the issues you might be dealing with as well. Because I have a funny feeling the feelings and the emotions I have right now are are not just mine. I'm guessing they're shared by quite a few of you. So where to start? What caused this in many ways um, was, if you've been listening to me for quite a while, you know I've had a long journey to get to America. And earlier this year, I kind of thought things were progressing that I would be over. Um, If you would ask me in January, where would you be? In August, I would have said I would have been in Dallas, Texas. I would have been working for a certain company. I would have been doing some work for the Blaze. I would have been doing a lot of different things. However, here it is August and I'm still in Ireland. And quite honestly, in many ways, not any way closer to moving to America. So, because of who I am, I'm a thinker. I tend to, one of my biggest strengths is I think a lot. One of my biggest weaknesses is I tend to overthink a lot. And... I'm getting very frustrated with people online. Um, I'm getting very frustrated with the arguments. I have long said in this election, if you want to vote for Donald Trump, vote for Donald Trump. If you want to vote for Hillary Clinton, because I do have a few socialist people who listen, 
um, there's a person who listens who will remain nameless who I think was a Bernie Sanders supporter. He's engaged at me privately. Lovely guy. Don't agree with him on much, but lovely guy. You vote for ever who you want. My job is not to tell you who to vote. I have never once behind this mic in my writings anywhere said, don't vote for Donald Trump. I have said I could never vote for him. I could never vote for any despot, tyrant, progressive statist. Whether your name is Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Jeb Bush, Donald Trump. And the arguments going around and around and around on on social media where I try my best to engage with everyone in, in the nicest possible way. And I came to the conclusion a couple of weeks ago, everything just kind of hit me. What the hell are you doing? I've been threatened. I've been told to shut up. I've been insulted. I get private messages. Um, and I'm like, is this worth it? And what are you doing? What, what, what purpose are you serving right now? Because the more people message me, the more I'll try and reply. Because I've always had this belief that if you send me a message or a comment, even if I just say thank you, you know, you've taken the time to send me something, I'm going to at least acknowledge it. Um, and sometimes it's, it's, you know, debating. And it just, lately, maybe this is just a thing because I'm still thinking this out, maybe... It's just lately that I don't seem to be getting anywhere. And when I say getting somewhere, I don't mean that people agree with me. Again, if you've listened, I said it on the very first show. I don't want you thinking like me. I actually say don't think like me. Um, I say think for yourself. If you come to a point when you rationalize and, and think about issues, regardless of what they are, and you happen to have some similarities with me, Great, but find your opinion. But when I say getting somewhere, I mean, is it possible to have an engagement with someone online where it doesn't revolve in hate? Is it possible to agree to disagree? Is it actually solving anything? Or is all that's happening is I'm getting frustrated because I've been putting corners and put labels on and getting getting told how I work for a fraud, I work for a liar, I work for a hater, I work for a person who's not a Christian. Is it possible to agree to disagree and have a respectful dialogue? So all these emotions just came to me and I'm like, Is it worth it? Is it time to just walk away? And I know I'm not the only one who's had these feelings. Because some of my friends, again, I'm not going to name names, but some of my friends have walked away. Some of my friends on Facebook have said, "I'm, I'm done. I just can't deal with this anymore. And my fear is those who have hit that point 
what happens then? So I took a few weeks off and I had a real good thinking to myself and I looked at myself in the mirror and I asked some tough questions. And I'm going to share some of the questions I asked myself with you during this show to get you to think because I have a hard time feeling I'm the only person who feels this way. The other quest part I had in this, and again, I'm going to spend the show talking about it, is when I was looking inwardly, I was looking at myself through a very critical lens, which is something I do. And I asked, was I happy with myself? Was I happy with the person I was becoming? And quite honestly, I'll answer this question right up front. No, I wasn't. And I'm not. Because I was growing frustrated and... I was growing frustrated because I found myself wanting to get into a slagging match with people. And not that I would start off a, a conversation and go, I want to insult you. But when people get very personal, normally it just washes off me. Um, I've told this story many times over the years. But my whole life in many ways, different shapes and forms, I've been bullied um, for many different reasons. Um, I've been bullied since a very young age. And because of that, I look at it as a blessing now because, because of that upbringing and because I'm used to it, the vast majority of insults just flow right off me. In fact, I actually encourage people to, you know, if you're going to insult me, at least insult me in a more intellectual way than a, a four-year-old could do. Oh, John, you're fat. Oh, great. Well done. You insulted me like a four-year-old could. Um, and we, I've had some fun on the air with you guys about it where, you know, I still, I use this all the time. Like, I remember this was like the worst insult someone could get. And they said, all I was was a Bible-thumping communist. Um, I always laugh at that because just think about that logic through a Bible-thumping communist. You know, even now, I, I, I laugh because it's like, I've read communism, I've read Karl Marx and Lenin and Stalin. I don't ever remember the story where they're preaching Jesus. Um, but that's just me. But lately, as the more insults have come and people insult people close to me and because I'm connected with the blaze... And I found myself wanting to, to like yell at people. Shut up! You're a dummy. You're a moron. You know this whole. Oh well, you know if you don't back down on Trump, you know you're going to be responsible for Hillary Clinton. I've seen arguments everywhere. I, I'd love to call some people out, but it's just not what I do or who I am. But I've seen arguments that you know if if when Hillary wins, we'll be the will be because of people like me. And these flawed arguments, and they just get thrown at you over and over and over again. And instead of me wanting to debate them and have a conversation, I felt like just wanting to scream. And that's not who I am. Honestly, it's not who I am. I don't want to be a screamer or a... 
I don't want to be the guy who gets in a slagging match with people because it's not who I am and it's not who I want to be. And it also serves no purpose. So we got to take a quick break now, but I would ask you, that's the first question I would ask you. Look in the mirror and say, are you happy with who you are? And are you happy with who you're becoming? I wasn't. I really wasn't, and I'm making changes to fix that. And I'm going to share those with you throughout the show. But i got to take a quick break, America. Think about that, what I just said. Are you happy with the person you are? And are you happy with the direction your life is going? And who you're becoming with the way you interact with people? But that's the easy question, because i got a page full of questions I asked myself over the last two weeks. So... Buckle up, America. It's going to be a fun show because I got a lot of them. Don't go anywhere, America. I'll be right back. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's. I mean, it's not going to sell your home. I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. Before we uh, continue, I just want to give a, a shout out to a few people. Um, a couple of days ago, uh, I think it was last week, I can't remember the exact day, it marked the one year anniversary of this podcast on the Blaze. Um, and it's been a wonderful year um i wanted to just give a big shout out to to my boss dom jonathan glenn um cal brian sarah all the people behind the scenes everyone else um there's a lot of work that goes into this show and i'm entirely and truly blessed and humbled to have a show on blaze for a year to have one show was amazing. To have a, a weekly slot is is truly incredible. And I want to thank each and every one of you who have let me become part of your Saturday afternoon or your Sunday or whatever day you listen to this podcast, your routine. Um, and I thank you for all the lovely messages and um, comments and that you send me and give me. Um, even just to say I really enjoyed your show, it really, it makes a, all the work worthwhile. Um, the biggest compliment, I say this all the time, the biggest compliment I can get is someone coming to me, which they have done, I've been blessed a few times, saying, you made me really think with that show. That is all I ever aim to do, is to get you to think. And... I say it's been a wild ride, it's been an up and down year, there's been lots of ups, lots of downs, but 
I wouldn't trade this show for anything. This this microphone, this show means more to me than I think many of you would ever understand. It is one of my few joys I have in this life. Anyway, back to business. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone and thank you to you. So back to some tough questions. And I want to take my time with these so because I would ask you to pick the relevant ones to you and to to address them in your head. But with everything that was going on, I looked at myself in the mirror and I I said, is it time to walk away? And the gut reaction is always, no, never, no, no, you can't do that. But I didn't want to go with my gut reaction. I wanted to really tease it out. And I came up with some questions. The first question I had was, well, okay, let's just play devil's advocate. Let's just say, okay, should you quit? Yes. What would I have to gain by quitting? What what possible positive outcome could come from me going, I quit everything? I quit writing, I quit podcasting, I quit being active on social media. I just walk away. What can be gained from that? And the answer came to me pretty quickly, but then I, I thought it out longer and the answer was still the same, was nothing. Because this is who I am. I'm not, whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, people will have their own opinion on it. Me speaking out, me being active, me talking about the stuff I talk about, history, philosophy, faith, it's who I am. I'm not the type of person anymore to just be not active. I'm not the type of person to, you know, just, you know, watch the news once a week and see what's going on and, you know, worry more about sports and, you know, live a normal life and, you know, be married and have 2.4 kids. That's just not me. This is who I am. So then I changed the question slightly. I looked at everything I did and said, will your life get better if you changed? Because I got a great analogy on uh, my Facebook page, Freedom's Disciple, by Dave, who said, uh, you know, a sailor never sets his rudder and forgets about it. So I was looking at absolutely everything, you know, looking at the course, looking at where I was going and what I was doing and look, you know, using the, the sailor analogy, I was, I was looking at the winds, looking at the tides and I was looking at everything I did. Some people know about some of it. Some people know about other parts and there are things I do that no one knows about. Um, in case, you know, I let the cat out of the bag late at night, I, uh, you know, I, I rip open my uh, shirt and I, I, I fight crime. Um, I'm joking. Um, or am I? But I looked at, uh, back to seriousness, sorry, I'm trying to be funny. But I looked at everything I did and said, are you getting anywhere with any of these? And looked at each of them in, in individually. 
And would your life be better? Would it be less stressful? Would it be happier? Would it be more meaningful? If you kind of, you know, changed focus, you know, forget this little thing over here and spend more time on, on, you know, on a certain project. And I came to an answer with that. And I've decided I'm going to quit one thing, which I will tell you about later on, because I want to get through the rest of the questions. But the vast majority of stuff I do, I said, no, I need to do that. I need to get better. I need to find new ways. So after I played devil's advocate and talked about quitting, I looked at the, the stuff when I decided I need to stay, but I need to change how I do things. I asked, what are my priorities in life? What are my priorities with what I do? What means the most to me? Whether I'm good at it or not, what means the most to me? And with everything I did, I, I laid out all the parts again. And obviously people will have different opinions of this, but where I feel com most comfortable is when I'm talking. And when I'm talking about stuff I actually care about. Um, and when I, and to trying to find what I care about, for me it's, it's faith. This might turn a lot of people off. Faith, history, constitution, economics. They are my priorities. And when I answered that question along with the question about, you know, what parts of my life don't mean anything to me, I got the same answer. The same answer was, I didn't care about politics and politics was not a priority in my life. In fact, I, I thought really long and hard about because when I came to that conclusion, because I was writing out a list, um, I don't know how you think, but when I think I tend to, you know, write things down and I, I tend to have like 10 different pieces of paper and it's, it's a mess. Um, it's kind of like my show. Um, I, I, I'm, I like writing things down and writing little bullet points down and trying to, you know, buff them out and, you know, get yourself really thinking. And then I, I, I took a, put all the paper aside for a few minutes and I said, you've been doing the political game for a very long time. Um, what actually have you achieved? What actually has anyone achieved in politics? You know, have you, you know, from, especially from me, because I don't tell people who to vote for. You know, I got a lot, I got criticism on both sides of the aisle earlier this year. There were people who were unhappy when I raised issues with Ted Cruz. There were people who were happy, weren't happy when I didn't support someone. There were people who were unhappy when I didn't support Donald Trump. There were people unhappy when, when I didn't support, when I didn't, when I said a few things about Ben Carson because a few of my friends are Ben Carson supporters. You know, the only thing I did this election was pee everyone off at, at one stage or another. Um, that's just the way politics goes and I didn't achieve anything. 
and I looked at it over a period of time as someone who's tried to, you know, help. Politics just doesn't add anything to my life at all. And I'm not good at it. And I don't change anything. And in fact, over the last year or 18 months or so, when talking about politics, it's it's just getting nastier and nastier. You know, as someone who's been outspoken as long as I have about the GOP and how they suck, you know, that doesn't make you popular in a lot of circles. Um, and I was just looking back, and I would encourage you to do the same. When you're talking politics, does it change anything? Do you change anyone's mind? Do you? How many times do you have a meaningful conversation where politics, and when I say politics, I'm actually focusing right now and not on the philosophy or the policies or the principles but the actual who getting who's getting elected you know who's going to be the next president who's going to be the next speaker of the house have you ever had meaningful conversations where hey i think this person should be president and hey well i think this person should be president and you have a meaningful conversation where they make you think you hopefully make them think and you know, you might agree, you might disagree, but then you both walk away friends. I don't know about you, maybe this is just something I've felt, but the amount of times people have told me and acted like I was their mortal enemy because of my views is scary to me. It really is scary to me. Again, the reason I'm telling you this is not to... I don't want any sympathy. I don't need it. I've got, I'm blessed beyond belief in my life. But I'm going through this because I have a hard time believing that I'm the only person who's feeling these emotions right now. And in fact, I know three of my friends are feeling the exact same thing. They're my friends online and they're Americans. They're feeling the exact same thing. And in fact, two of them have pretty much quit posting anything. It, it's funny because one of my friends, and I rib him about this, is like, he was like, politics, this person, he was putting out economic policies, he was putting out this, he was putting out this. All of a sudden now it's like doggy pictures and, ooh, look, I had steak for lunch, take a picture. It is totally empty of politics. Um, So the reason I'm saying this is, going through all this is, so that you can maybe relate to this. And if I give you one question that sort of clarifies your mind in, the, in this show, I think this show will have been worthwhile. And that's what I'm trying to do. I encourage everyone to, during this break and for the weekend and for the rest of the week, take a few minutes out and seriously work on what your priorities are. And what you feel you're good at and what you feel you can contribute. Because I think using the sailor analogy that Dave gave me was, you know, if the mast isn't able to go up because, you know, you only need it at half mast because of the wind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fail at this analogy because someone's going to tweet me saying you said something wrong. But, you know, if you only need half a mast because there's a headwind or there's a tailwind, you know, you go with it. You, you go with the... The flow, it might not be your ideal result. It might not be the ideal scenario, but you've got to roll with it. You've got to constantly reassess. Look at your rudder. 
You know, look at your headwinds, look at your tailwinds, look at your the the level of the ocean. But I think we always need to reassess and focus on what our priorities are and what level they are. I gotta take a quick break, America. Don't go anywhere, because I'll be right back. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks so much for sticking with me, America. So as we were going into that break, I was I was focusing in on politics, saying, "Have you changed anything? Have you have you had any any great conversations?" I I honestly can't think of any that I've had based on on politics and who to win and and who not to win. But then again, it's not my job to be a cheerleader for someone. But then I, I took one st- for another step back. Apologies. I know I'm trying to condense this down into one show, but this is like two weeks of pure thinking, not doing a whole lot else in my spare time. And I, I looked at uh, how America has changed just in the last eight years. And... I, I I was shocked, and I, I constantly am shocked, and this is where I'm going to annoy a lot of Donald Trump supporters, and I apologize for that, but I, I'm shocked that, and I, I don't mean this is in a judgment way, because it will sound judgmental, I'm not judging you, but I am shocked at the amount of people who are okay with someone who has defended Planned Parenthood. I'm shocked at the amount of people who have said to me, regardless of who they've supported in the election, but that, you know, tariffs are a good thing. I, I'm shocked at the, again, I don't mean this in a judgmental way, but I can't put this into any other words, but the intellectual laziness of some of the arguments that are out there on Twitter, on Facebook. I, I put it out there last week um, or two weeks ago, or I can't remember, apologies, I, I'm dreadful at times. But I put it out, can you, someone was saying that, oh, Donald Trump's tariffs are going to be great and they're going to stimulate the economy and they're going to do all this thing and it's going to bring jobs back home. And I just simply said, okay, prove it to me. Give me a time when tariffs worked. And the response was, well, Reagan did tariffs. So if Reagan jumped off a cliff just because we all like Reagan, is, is that what we're all supposed to do? The arguments that I have seen have just killed me. Then I saw something. I'm a member on several um, groups on Facebook. They're great because you can communicate with lots of different people. And not all of them are your friends. Just you can put stuff out there. 
And there's a Tea Party group that I've been a member of for a while. And the pinned post is, I quote, We true patriots are going to remember the low-class dirtbags called Never Trump and put these globalist traitors at the top of our enemies list. So the Tea Party was targeted by the IRS and Lois Lerner. That's bad. But yet you're okay with an enemies list. There are countless examples of this. Not to get off on a tangent because I love talking about the Constitution, but just think about this, something real quick. You know, we all know the NSA is a problem. You know, the Republic, some of the Republicans either believe in that it's a bad thing or they, you know, they give token gesture. They, they talk out two sides of their mouth and, well, we got to stop it. How many people do you know talk about the NSA as a problem, yet could not name the, the amendment that it violates of the Constitution? How many people argue today on policy and not on principle? Because here's the thing. I see so many people arguing over policies. These, the prime one is Obamacare. 2010, we got to repeal Obamacare. We, we, we're, we're the GOP. We're, we're serious. We, this cannot go on. And look at how over the last six years they have changed their policy. We got to repeal it. We got to repeal it. We got to repeal and replace it. To good old boy Mitch McConnell. Well, you know, we got to we gotta, we gotta repeal the monocle, the wise tax. Actually, that wasn't a bad impression. I actually think I actually spoke better than he did. Um, but that's not hard. It is Mitch McConnell. The, the logic is not Obamacare. The argument, Obamacare is a policy. We can have that policy argument on Obamacare, on Hillary Clare, on Romney Care. But first, let us talk about principles, and no one wants to do that. What is the role of government in healthcare? Should it have a role? If it is yes, then make it very defined. What is its role? Then you can go on and talk about policies, whether Obamacare is good or bad, Romney Care is good or bad, Medicaid, Medicare, whether they're good or bad. But we don't have those arguments. And then the one that drives me out of my mind, every time I see it, the idea that principles are great, but where are they on a ballot? Principles are great, but where do they get you? Principles are great, but I'd much rather win. It blows my mind when an American says that to me. Because I get upset because, number one, you're an American, I'm an Irishman. And all I think about is when I hear this is, do you know your own history? Because if you truly believe in your heart of hearts that says, principles are great as long as you can win, then guess what? If you truly believe that is an ethos to live by, there is no America. There is no America. Because here's the thing, and this is why it blows my freaking mind every time I hear it, is you were mad 
you know, in today's terms, you probably would be sent to a health center for clinical depression or craziness for signing the Declaration of Independence, for joining the Revolutionary War. It was a death sentence. People argued and begged with George Washington going, listen, pal, you got you got class, you got stature, you have money, you're well established in the community. Why would you want to go be a general in the Revolutionary War? Are you kidding me? Just sit this one out. When I think of a country like America, which has which has monikers that you all ignore now, but like home of the free, land of the brave, the Statue of Liberty. These are all principles, not policies. And yet, there are some people, and these are on the right, these are not left people, these are on the right. These are Republicans, these are quote-unquote conservatives. Saying, yeah, principles are great, but I'd much rather win. And I see all these arguments, and these are just a few. And I go, how do I change people's minds? How, how, what do I do? When I see the logic of, yeah, but Trump. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I know, but Trump. When I see the arguments of the left and the right, I don't know whether people realize this or not. But if you actually look carefully at some of the arguments, the arguments in the left and the right right now are the exact same thing. They actually don't change many words. Barry, you replace Trump with Hillary and Hillary with Trump. We gotta vote Trump because if you don't, Hillary gets in. And the left are saying to all the Bernie supporters, yeah, you've gotta vote for Hillary because Trump will get in. It's ironic. You're using the same arguments. And everyone's okay with it. I have seen conservatives, and you'll know who I'm talking about, the likes of, and these are not really conservatives, but they're well respected in the media as conservatives, like Ann Coulter. If you told me four years ago, any conservative, whether they're strong or weak, would have said, hey, you know what we need to do? I'm going to put out a book called In Trump We Trust. Or I would even say it in Cruz We Trust, in Walker We Trust, in Carson We Trust. I would have said, no, that's usually the left because the left is usually the cult of personality. I would expect that from an Obama fan going, in Obama We Trust. Oh, and of course, because we all love changing taglines, the tagline of In Trump We Trust is E Pluribus Awesome. Oh, that's so catchy, Ants. You're so great. Please. So I was looking at everything I was doing, and is politics changing it? You might have told my blood pressure has probably gone up an octave or two, and my voice has got gone octave, gone down an octave or two when I've talked about politics in this segment, because it, it just blows my mind. And then I sat back and I said, well, what is politics? And I remembered, because I was looking through my notes for another for something else, and I remembered the greatest analogy I ever heard about politics. And it was given by a, a New York Times person who appeared on many shows, including Glenn's show, 
when he was promoting his book. I can't remember his name, but it was a great analogy. And they said, what you have to realize is politics in D.C., and this is true, is very much like WWE. They go out to the crowd and they'll get on the microphone and they will say the most insulting things you have ever heard. They will insult you. They will make you think the other guy is the enemy. And then the other guy comes out and they will hit him. They will hit him with steel chairs. They will put that person through a table. They will kick them in the you-know-where. They will scrape their eyes out. They'll claw. They will and try everything they can to annihilate that person. And they'll walk up that ramp. And the minute they get behind that curtain, they all know one thing. It's all a work. It's all a show. It's all scripted. It's like WWE. Because both sides believe the same thing. Both sides want the same thing. Now this is where it differs from WWE, kind of, because WWE, depending on who you ask, will want the crowd to enjoy it. You know, they want the crowd to be motivated. They, they want a good guy and a bad guy, you know, because they want to cheer the good guy and boo the bad guy. And, you know, the more story, compelling the story is, the more people watch. It's like any show. In politics, the end game is not to get people to watch. The end game is for more power for them. More and more power. Left and right. You know, I love these people who, who say to me, well, the Republican Party's great. Huh. The Republican Party, as in the Republican Party who gave us the Patriot Act, as in the Republican Party who gave us bailouts, as in the Republican Party who have pretty much given up every part of Congress that they can. You know, the Republican Party who under their leadership over the last six years, basically the House does not no longer has the power of the purse anymore. That Republican Party. The Republican Party who promises everything and delivers absolutely nothing. That party. Yet yeah, you did have a great history. Yeah, you were set up. And you were founded on issues like slavery. In my lifetime, getting involved in politics, you used to be the low-tax party. You know, that radical idea that says, you know what, your money's yours and you can keep as much of that as, we want you to keep as much of that as possible. That is your history. Today, mm, no. And then the last thing that really annoys me. Well, Hillary's our enemy. Obama's our enemy. No, I'm sorry, they're not. Huh? Is John, 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 you're, you, you must be a plant. You're, you're a closet Hillary fan. She's not your enemy? Who would dare say such a thing? No. People are not my enemy. If you want my enemy, and you want it to be people, ISIS is my enemy. But I don't have political foes who are enemies. My enemy is tyranny. My enemy is despotism. My enemy is progressivism, is statism, is utopian statism, is communism, is socialism. 
my enemy is big government. And the thing, because we live in a PC world, is I don't discriminate. I don't discriminate regardless of what letter you have beside your name. D or I. You can have the colour of the rainbow beside you. If you're for big government, I'm going to speak out against your policies. But Hillary and Obama are not my enemy. Their policies are. So where do you go from here? When you understand that is all politics, what can you change? We go there after this last break, America. Don't go anywhere. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up today on Pat and Stu. Astrophysical Journal has reported that uh, there's a, there is a discovery of a new innocuously named gas giant. We got one of those right over here. There's there's a gas giant right there. Oh, boy. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. Before we get to where more questions were, what I thought about at the weekend, I just want, I forgot to include one part that, another one that annoys me, is the judgment and the condemnation of a set of society by another it blows my mind how anyone can look at college kids today and only condemn them i've seen it so many by the right well you know these college kids they're idiots they're dopes not my language other people's language they're morons look you know look they're all hippies they they're you know they're on social media you know doing nothing and they're using the hashtag feel the burn they're idiots. If you feel any way like that, let me ask you a simple question. Do you not think you expect too much of them? We live in a world where kids today are indoctrinated from about four years old. Day in and day out. They go to college and they're indoctrinated even more. There are families that don't do their homework with kids anymore because they have whatever reason. They think college, you know, school is education. Social media is filled with left people. Hollywood culture is filled with big government politics. That is all they know. If you are in college today, if you're in college today, you were about three or four years old when 9-11 happened. You weren't even a thought when Reagan was president. And yet you expect them to 
understand freedom where there is no freedom. It's no one is showing it to them. There is no examples of it. And if you want to blame kids today and people in college, I strongly suggest you look at yourself. Because I have yet to see the science or the proof that a person comes out of the womb and has a political ideology. They usually learn it from somewhere. Now, where did they learn it from? And also, it blows my mind because this blame game, here's the truth. Of everything that is going on right now, there is loads of blame to go around. There's blame for people like me, and let's just make it me. that I'm to blame for some of what's going on. There's blame for young people, for old people, for people in the middle, for people who are rich, for people who are poor, for people who are black, for people who are white, for people who are gay, for people who are straight. There is plenty of blame to go around. Respectfully, I ask you, if even if you got a percentage, well, young people have 5% of the blame and old people have 2% and whatever the percentages are, you have all the blame sorted out and attributed. And let's say it's perfect. There isn't a fault in it. What exactly have you accomplished? Oh, great. Everyone knows who's at fault. Would you rather assign blame or would you rather go, look, this is what, this is the situation. Yeah, we can talk about blame, but let's try and fix it. Afterwards, if you want to assign blame so that things don't happen again, that's your choice. But this incessant blame game and the moral superiority of those on the right who go, well, you know, it's the left, it's Obama. Okay, it's easy to attack Obama. It's really easy to attack Hillary Clinton. Their records are dreadful, but... Are you telling me Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, John Boehner, John Cornyn, John McCain, Kevin McCarthy? What's the guy who retired a couple of years ago because he got kicked out by Dave Brash? Eric Cantor. You telling me all those Republicans have no blame? There is plenty of blame to go around. Oh, and by the way, because just for kicks and giggles, you want to to start blame? Let's talk about Karl Rove. And his 2% winning ratio in the last election. Yeah, he's still on Fox. That's a different story. This incessant blame game. And especially on kids who have not seen any other example. Big government status progressivism is all they know. And yet you're expecting them to get rid of all the indoctrination. All of the culture and go, no, you know what? I'm freedom. It happens. I know many young people under the age of 25 who get it, who know more about freedom and principles in the Constitution than 50-year-old Republicans who have been in the political battle for 20 years. And that is no word of a lie. So let's not think about blaming everyone. There is plenty of it to go around, trust me. My last two questions on politics and then I get to the real hard questions. Or they were actually easy for me. When I look back at all the political things I've done, I ask myself one question. Have I done everything I could? (coughs) Excuse me. And the answer was yes, I have. Can I change things in the future? And the answer is no, I can't. I really can't. 
So I've decided I'm giving up politics. I am not going to even discuss it. I'm not going to mention the word Trump, Clinton, Johnson, Macmillan, I think, this new guy that's got in the race. I'm not even reading about them. I don't care. I'm going to focus on what I enjoy. And if you don't like me, you can put in your insult here. What I think I'm best at. Because... Here are questions I ask myself that I reaffirmed in my heart of hearts that I know. Even if I knew I would lose doing something, would I rather do the right thing or would I rather sell out and win? I didn't even have to think about that. I I actually had to force myself. I want to do the right thing. And for me right here, right now, politics ain't this. I have nothing else to give. I don't even see myself being successful at changing it. Even if I paid money on a marketing campaign and made myself better and really worked hard at it, I don't see it changing a thing. Because this cycle of we don't pay attention, we don't pay attention, we don't pay attention, and all of a sudden it's election year and we do, I, I think we need to work at changing it. Then I got to... Is America worth fighting for? Is God worth fighting for? Is the Constitution worth fighting for? Even today, right here, right now, is it worth it? You're damn right it is. You are damn right it is. I honestly, and again, I'm an outsider, I can't think of a more noble cause or gesture than fighting for God and freedom and Constitution. I cannot think of a more noble service or a more worthwhile service to the world than fighting for those things. And then I asked, is America critical for the future of the world? And the answer is yes. Yes, it is. Because right now, I know times are bad and This election sucks. But as bad as things are in America right now, they really are bad. I'm not going to stress, I'm not going to undersell how bad they are. Here's the thing. They can get a lot worse. They are a lot worse in other parts of the world. You are still the shining city on a hill. You're a bit scratched, you've got a few dents, and your light doesn't shine as brightly. It's more like a, you know, one of those eco-friendly um, bulbs. You know, what's, I can't think of the word. Uh, eco-friendly, you know those bulbs, like, we get them over here, we have to get them. Because, you know, mercury might kill us. Um, and they don't light as well. America used to be lit on neon. That's how shiny you were. You're now in a uh, fluorescent bulb. Well, it always comes to me. You're a fluorescent bulb now, not shining. But you're still a shiny city on a hill compared to the rest of the world. And then I asked myself one last question. And this is one I've shared with you a lot of the times. 
Do I have a responsibility to stand and do what is right? Because someone like me, who spends their life talking about the, the trilogy of freedom, the Constitution, you know, you've, if you've heard me talk on this show or doing some of my interviews, you know, invariably I will talk about the Constitution and God. But, you know, when I talk about them, do the words that I talk about in your Declaration of Independence, we pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honour. Do they mean something still right here, right now? Or are they just a fancy catchphrase and a bumper sticker? And well, the quest, the answer was yes, they do mean something. They still mean something. So where do we go from here? Well, let me share an analogy or a parable with you. And it's it's actually quite funny because if if you knew anything about me, I've actually shared two parables that I know very little about. One was earlier on was Dave's sailing analogy, and I hope I didn't screw it up. And this one is about gardening. Two subjects I know very little about. But let me share this parable with you. And again, I don't mean this in a judgment way, so please don't be offended by it. What we have been doing, and I include myself... In this, because I've been tried to be part of your culture and the solution, is for the longest time we have been throwing seeds on the ground and expecting them to grow. And we've been just throwing them anywhere. There's been no rhyme or reason to what we have been doing. We've been just throwing seeds and expecting the freedom tree to grow. What we must do, in my opinion, is we need to start testing the soil and seeing where is fertile ground. And the minute we get fertile ground, we need to start planting that seed. We need to be very selective where we plant it. This machine gun approach of just throwing it everywhere and seeing where it lands, I personally think needs to stop. We need to be very targeted. Find fertile ground, plant that seed, and water it. We must continue to water that seed. And we need to understand one critical thing, in my opinion. America's culture today, and and people on the left and the right... We need to understand we are having two different conversations. People on the left and the right today have forgotten logic and reason. They are basing all their emo- their all their arguments and actions based on emotion. When you are talk, if one person is talking logic and reason and principles and another is talking emotion, you are talking two different languages and thus never really hear each other. So where am I going to go from here? I'm going to try my best to tell stories. I'm not going to talk to you about the news of the day unless it's relevant. 
I'm going to start talking to you about your history a lot more. I'm going to start talking to you about your principles. I'm going to start talking to you a lot more about God, about the message there. And I'm going to start trying not to talk to you about it. I'm going to start trying to tell you stories. Because here's the thing I believe more today than arguably ever before. We have the answers. The answers might not be popular. The answers might not be conventional. The answers are usually the ones that you think, (laughs) yeah, that'll never work. But we have the answers. Faith. Hope. Love. And charity. We have the answers. The Constitution. The Trilogy of Freedom, as I call it. The Declaration of Independence. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights. We have the answers today. We just need to reapply them. But we need to change the way we talk, to change the way we act. You know, if you listen to Glenn, anyway, anytime, whether it's every day or a few days or every few weeks, you'll hear him talking about we need to be good stewards and we need to be clay pots and put all that knowledge in. We need to do that and we need to share it. But most of all, I think we need to lead by example. We need to have a set of people, I don't know whether it's one or ten or ten thousand or a million or ten million. But we need to have a set of people that we can say, these are our principles and whether we win or lose, we will live by them. And to show the next generation that these are the people you can learn from. We lived it. That is my role. So from now on, I'm not going to mention the words Clinton, Trump, Johnson or anybody else. I'm going to talk to you about history and I'm going to break down all the policies that you have. And talk to you about the principles behind them and see if we can share them. I'm going to try and make this show as much as I can, a resource for you to go and take in your everyday lives. Share it as much as you want. Take my argument questions, put them inside yourself, and then find where you are, where you are on the map, and then share them with other people. That is what I am going to try my bestest to do. I don't know whether I'll succeed or whether I'll fail. I don't care. That's what I'm going to try and do. I hope this show has given you some food for thought. I'll post the questions underneath the show on SoundCloud and iTunes and on my site freedomsdisciple.com. I hope they give you food for thought. Think about them. Learn. Learn where you find on the positions. And for those who are giving up, may I humbly ask you, don't give up. Just find a new course that you need to plot. Because, as Ronald Reagan said, if not you, who? If not now, when? As always, I finish this show by 
saluting the real heroes in society, not those who wear a number or hold a winning pulse or since we talked about sailing earlier on, not those who sail around the Atlantic in the quickest time. The real heroes I talk about are your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel and your vets. And most importantly, I salute you, the great American people. America is good because America is great because your people are good. Until next week, America, Godspeed and God bless and Check out this show on iTunes and SoundCloud and share it with your friends. God bless you. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.